we need to make as many connections as possible. And the cool thing about stories is when you make, when you tell a story, people without even knowing it are making connections between what you're saying in your story and what's happening in their own lives. Thought Fortune's podcast, episode number 23, The Science of Storytelling and Side Hustles for Teachers with Tyler Welcome to another episode of the Thought Fortune podcast. I am your host, D. Orlando Fortune. This is a show about business and authors. With the growing demand for information, entrepreneurs must learn how to turn their ideas into words on a page that bring in cash and share a unique message. This podcast brings you the strategies, tips, and bars to do just that and do it well using a book. Today's show is sponsored by Thought Fortune Press. You probably know that if you're not an authority in your industry, nobody's hearing your message. And you may know that the number one way to build your authority is by authoring a book. What you probably don't know is that you can write the manuscript for your first book in less than four hours. I'm D. Orlando Fortune from Thought Fortune Press, where we turn your ideas into a branded book that brings in the cash by sharing your unique message and positioning you as an authority in your industry. If you're an entrepreneur or speaker who's thinking about already writing or want to publish your next book, but you don't want to write it or you just want help getting it done, your first step is a wealthy author roadmap which is a two and a half hour call where we design your book's content, create a publishing timeline that fits your goals and come up with three ways to turn your book into back end products. Now, what makes us different is that we know a book is only the first step into your world. So we work with you on creating a signature suite of products, all from your book's one outline. We do that using our proprietary systems. To get started on your personalized wealthy author roadmap, Go to ThoughtFortunePress.com and click the gold Start Here button at the top of the page. Remember, you're only one book away. Let us at Thought Fortune Press guide you to becoming an author. Go to ThoughtFortunePress.com today. Interesting conversation I have here today. This is with uh, my man Tyler Christensen. He is a teacher. And he really loves teaching and helping teachers to be more productive, to be more efficient, and to be more excellent at their jobs. But not only that, he also knows that they are not getting paid what they need to necessarily live and take care of their families by their own teacher's income alone. So he wants to help them to become entrepreneurs, and he's trying to create ways for them to do that, as he's done for himself. One of the things we're going to talk about, of course, today is about books, but you're also going to hear some information about the businesses that he's created on the side. So you want to pay attention to how he's creating that. But first off, we want to pay particular attention to how he's been creating his book, the process he goes through by thinking through how to create your perfect book topic. And it's a simple question called saying, how do you listen to the, this episode and find out where he's getting these how do you questions from and how he turns those into books to help him grow his side hustles. Next thing to listen for is the difference between telling your story as a, as a speaker and as an author. See, there's a difference 
when you're trying to translate your conversation into the written word. However, they both have their merits. Of course, when you're speaking to someone, you need to be, there's a certain way you want to speak to them uh, about telling your story without getting long-winded and certain words that you use um, during that conversation. However, when you translate that story to the written word, there's a different way you have to translate the story because there's no voice inflection. So there's a difference between telling a story and uh, as a speaker and as an author. Pay attention to that. Another point, Tyler speaks about how to write better by speaking and then how to speak better by writing. And that ties into the last point I just spoke about. But there's you want to pay attention, particular attention to how he does it. There's some exercises that he goes through. And then I follow up with some of the things that I go through when I'm trying to craft a better story. So listen to that, how speaking improves your writing and how writing improves your speaking. Finally, uh, there's, a, there's a statement that he says here. Tyler says to use your five to nine hustle to support your family and uh, to support your nine to five passion. And this is particularly for those who are not really making a lot of money at their, at their job or with their passion but they still want to stay in that. So you got to find a way to support yourself so you can continue doing your passion. And that's what Tyler says to have your five to nine hustle. Okay. So pay attention to that. Um, enough with me. Let's get into the conversation. Excellent. Yo, so happy to have uh, another author here on the show to talk about their journey, um, talk about their, their, their books that they've authored and how it's affecting the business and share their message with the world um, so that y'all yeah, can actually um, be inspired to go out and do what you need to do to get your book done and share your message with more of the world. But let me go ahead and get to today's bio uh, with today's guest. Tyler Christensen is a teacher, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and a family man. I love when people have family man and they're a family woman. Um, he has spent 15 years in classrooms as an elementary, middle school, and university instructor. Is that kind of like moving up through the ranks in boxing? Like just, just going for smart little <laughs> You know, it normally, <laughs> normally it would be, but I did it backwards. I was a professor first, and now I'm teaching ah. elementary school. So kind of went backwards on that one. Okay. Tyler is the founder of a national recruiting service for student athletes, an, acad <clears throat> an academic journal for those preparing to teach, and a web design firm specializing in celebrity websites. He has published two books and will publish his third, Unlocking the Power of Transformation. That'll be airing Thanksgiving 2009, uh, 2019. Um, depending on when you hear this, that may have been out. Let's go check it out. Tyler recently has lost 100 pounds. Looking good, my brother. And went from um, being able to run a mile without walking in 2018 to completing a double marathon in 2019. I did see your before and after pics. Awesome. That's why I was saying looking good, my brother. Um, when he's not teaching, working on his businesses, or training for a race, Tyler is doing his most important work, which is spending time with his incredible wife. Um, she didn't hear that, did she? You know, say that. Don't you say that louder? <laughs> Turn those speakers up. <laughs> yeah, just keep talking it up. There we go. <laughs> and his four amazing kids running around upstairs. So, Tyler, uh, welcome to the show. Is there anything else that you want to add to your bio there? That you know, that's a mouthful. I'm a, I'm a busy man, but most important is I'm a teacher and I'm a dad, and and that's what matters to me. Excellent. Love it. Love hearing that. All right. So, tell us uh, either lob, you know, you the easy softball right here. What are you reading now? Right now, so I, I'm a fifth grade teacher, so I'm always reading a little bit of young adult literature. Uh, right now I'm reading, let me think, 
I'm reading Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. I'm reading um, L- Mike Lupica. He writes sports stories. I just finished QB1, which is mm-hmm. uh, a YA football story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm reading, gee, I pull out my podcast or my book uh, thing real quick. I can tell you, I, I always am reading five or six. I'm reading a book called The Beyonders. I'm reading Rats of Nim, The Great Gatsby. Oh, the race. And... And There Are No Shortcuts by Rafe Esquith. It's a teaching book. So that's what I've got on right now. Excellent, Alexa. And, and I, you know, we'll have as many of those in the show notes as possible there. Um, the thing here is I, I understand that. And so I have like this two categories of authors that come on. Some that are like, yeah, I'm not really reading right now. I'm working. And there's other ones like, I read all the time. Like I have like right. <laughs> loaded up going through them. But I love it. I love it. I'm more of the category of having multiple and I'm like, all right, I got to finish this one. Like, don't look at the other ones. <laughs> all right. So um, as we move forward here, tell us about your business. And of course, more importantly, why do you do what you do? Well, and, and that's, that's why I have lots of businesses. So my why is I like to teach and I like to help people have better lives. And so I run a number of small businesses. You mentioned in the bio, I have this recruiting service for high school players that want to get D1 scholarships. So it's called D1 Recruiting. And I I have information out there and I help people put up their profiles and get more exposure so that they can get those college scholarships. So that's one business. I do web design so I can help other people grow their brand. And I I, uh, represent a number of uh, actors, a couple professional athletes. uh, And so I'm helping them, again, share their message. Uh, And then I've started just recently getting into public speaking. So that's a new business for me. I didn't even know it was a thing before. Uh, But I've started getting on stages to share my weight loss story, but other things too. I'm in teacher professional development. And so I I go around and, and work with teachers. And that might be my favorite business is working with others in either in a large audience or, or one-on-one to get better at, as a teacher or just to, to motivate them to do more with their lives. So that's where I'm really excited right now working on that business. Excellent. 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 All right. So tell us about your first book. I mean, you have two published, one coming out and definitely want to mm-hmm. lead into that, that last one coming out about a transformation. Love hearing that. And so I mean, any book dealing with transformation is just kind of my thing. It is. <laughs> when did you publish there your first book? Um, and then tell us a little bit over why you why you published that first one. You know, my first book was actually just an ebook, and I did that a couple years ago because I was doing this recruiting thing for football players, and kids kept asking me, "Where's more information? I want more information." So I put together a short ebook for them, and I had never done a book before, but I thought I need to do this. People keep asking for it. And so I learned how to self-publish. I used the Amazon platform to put that out. And so I did that two years ago. But then my first real book was last year. And again, it was the same thing. I had been doing on the side, just one of my side hustles is I was reviewing products. People would send me stuff and I'd make a video or take a picture and put it on Instagram. And they would pay me to do that or just give me the stuff. And people kept asking me, how are you getting all this stuff? You know, as a fifth grade teacher, we would have like classroom auctions and my students would be bidding on things like backpacks and skateboards and drones and really cool stuff. Right now we're doing ukuleles. I I got a bunch of ukuleles this year. And so 
you know, the students were really excited, but their parents were, how can you, you're, you're a school teacher, how can you afford to give all this stuff away? And I said, oh, it's all free. People send me the stuff and I just have to make a video about it. And so people kept asking me, well, how do you do that? So I wrote a book on that and published that this year uh, called How to Get Free Stuff. And so that was a, a fun one to, to publish. And it's not making a ton of money or anything. It's just one of those things that I haven't even really promoted it. I just made it because people kept asking me, how, how do you do it? So now it's available. So if you want to know how to get free stuff, you can get the book. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And that, that was a thing that I was looking at, like, how do you get free stuff? And there was a lady, um, I, was, I was somewhere yesterday, and... They was like, dude, would you like a free so-and-so? And I was like, I looked around. I was like, is that a rhetorical question? Like, what person says no <laughs> to free? <laughs> You're right. But no, I, I, liked, I, I love what you did there with the title. And that's what a great thing for people to realize is that these easy for TFP family. Um, it's easy to see what it is you have. The book is about by the titles you have in there. And that's, that's a key thing for those who are trying to write their first book is to see that people need to know what the book's about. You don't have to get all flowery and colorful yeah. with the title. Do all that inside the book. People, if you want people to buy the book and know what it is about, put it on the cover. Very, very simple. Right. There. Yep. So that, that one book I see that you had is uh, about the D1 recruiting. This is the one, this is, the, you said you updated that for 2017 is what I see on there. Is that the recruiting book? Well, so, yeah, it's called How to Contact College Coaches, and that was just the first edition, and the plan was, honestly, so I put first edition thinking the next year I'd roll out a next one, and then I got busy with other stuff, so we still just have that first edition, but I'm will, working on building that out, so in 2020, I'm going to have the full book, uh, and so then we'll, it'll be just a revised and expanded edition, so that's the plan for moving forward. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So um, mm -hmm. I want to. We're gonna get into how you're actually using these books for your for your business. How you're using the mm -hmm. leverage. I know you said you're starting to get into more speaking. Um, definitely want to hear a little more about that. How that's come about. But you know, how are you using your? What is your business like before you had the books? And then what does it look like afterwards? Yeah, so the recruiting one's been a cool one because more than anything, I wrote it to serve a need, right? People were asking me for advice and for information, but what I got from it was the credibility, right? Now as an author in that space, I'm viewed as an expert, and I don't work very hard on that business. That's just a side hobby, but because I'm viewed as an expert, now people ask me to write for recruiting articles for the newspaper and magazines. Mm. Uh, I'm asked to guest blog quite frequently uh, when mm. it comes to uh, recruiting. I get media passes to college football games, which is really cool to be on the <laughs> field with the players and, and to regularly interview some of the best college football players and, and people that go into the NFL. So I've had lots of really cool opportunities. Again, I haven't really monetized that because it's not my primary core business. Mm -hmm. But it has been really awesome to see all the doors that have opened because I'm authority now in that space. I'm an expert and people treat me as such. So it's been really awesome just to have, you know, the, the perks that come with being an authority. I love that. I love, I love hearing that, y'all. And one thing that we got to stop here, a simple little bar we're going to drop down in here. Very simple. Very simple. Because um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, who have people coming to them asking them same questions, same questions, same questions, same questions. And if you're busy entrepreneur, you get tired of answering the same question. You really kind of want to direct them like, go to the website or 
go over here. <laughs> but now with the, mm-hmm. with the book publishes, it says, I wrote a book about it. Go grab the book. And uh, if there's anything more outside of that, then we can talk or we can see something about that. But from that, from that perspective, those of you who have those frequently asked questions um, and the questions people should be asking are a great content to writing that first book. So I love that you did that. Not only once, but you've done it twice. Use the same model. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. assuming there's a similar type idea behind unlocking the power of transformation, but it being your third book, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're in your third year, you're, you graduated to a bigger <laughs> level. You're right. Expand a little more. Um, so let's, let's, matter of fact, let's touch on that. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as of the recording, that's coming out next week. So uh, right. unlocking the power of transformation. Let's hear about that. Let's hear some of this transformation, brother. There's some people who need to hear that inspiration about 100 pounds in a year, man. Eight, eight pounds a month. That's a lot of consistency and work. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, so as far as writing the book, you're right. It did follow a similar pattern. People asked me over and over, how did you lose the weight? What did you do? And rather than, you know, it's been fun to be on podcasts and talk about it that way and to be on stages and share my message that way. But when you write a book, then it's shared. You know, I, it's easy to redirect people and say, here's what I did. Here's the whole process. But more than that, this book was special for me because it was way more personal. It was about my life. And so it was almost like a memoir in that I shared my experiences and it wasn't just my weight loss, but I talk about other transformations I've seen in my life. And then I have a formula for how to have similar changes and transformations in your own life. So not only am I putting value out and and sharing with people the secret sauce and how to make radical changes in your life, but for me, it's been so fun to write because it's been introspective. It's been being able to look back and say, okay, in the best things in my life, how did we get there? And taking out those themes and those messages. And so it was just so fun to write because I was making those connections and seeing what really made a difference for my life and what of those things can transfer to everyone else. So it was just really fun to write. Wow. We got another simple, and I'm, we're going to touch on these, all these, another, another simple book. Let's see, we got a teacher on here teaching y'all and he's real smooth with it. Cause you're not really catching on everything he's doing. He's just dropping them in there. But yo, um, you, you, you mentioned the process there. Cause there's people who are listening who are mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if I have stories. I, I want to write a book. I don't know what I want to write the book about. And what I heard you say is like, you look back over, it says, here's some, I've done some things, but how did I get there? What was it that happened right. um, to help me get to that point uh, and make those transformations? So I want to ask you there, as far as you deciding to make that initial transformation, try to go through, um, you know, they're losing the weight and so forth. Was that something that you decided to do or is this kind of more process? I'm just going to start working out and then it just happened as a result (laughs) no what happened so I think this is really common for adults is is after I got out of high school and college and I was really athletic growing up I played a lot of sports and was in great shape and even in college I ran my first marathon and and was pretty active in college but as I got married and then started getting into the real world every year a few pounds just packed on, right? And it was just a slow, gradual thing. But before I knew it, a couple years ago, around this time, two years ago, my wife sat me down and she said, Tyler, we got to talk, man. And I was freaking out because if she says, we need to talk, you know, that means something really bad is going down. So we put the kids to bed and she said, hey, I'm really worried about you. And I thought, oh no, is there something going on I don't know about? And I, 
I had no clue where she was coming from. I was oblivious. And she's like, I think you're going to die if you don't change. And I honestly, I, I knew I was unhealthy, but I didn't realize how unhealthy I'd become. I was over 300 pounds at the time, more than wow. 40% body fat. I was huge. Mm, yeah. And, and she said, you know, we know people that are around our age where I'm just hit 40. And she's like, I know people our age that are obese like you and they can't do anything. It's debilitating and they die early. And she's like, I'm worried you're going to leave me alone with these four kids. We need to make some changes. And so that's really where it started for me. It wasn't my plan. I tried to lose weight all along the way. You know, I don't like being fat. I don't like the embarrassment that comes with being sweaty, walking around the block. And so I hated that. And I tried lots of things. I'd worked out a lot. I, I gave up sugar and different things and trying to see what would work. And even after this talk with my wife, I still struggled. You know, those first few months, I actually gained a few more pounds. And then the new year hit, and I gained a few more pounds and, <laughs> and it was figuring it out. But I was committed at that point. I said, yeah, that's not right to my wife. It's not fair to my kids. I need to take control of my life. You know, and for my students at school, I'm setting a bad example. Mm. And so I started formulating a plan at that point. And that was the important thing was putting a plan together, getting the mindset first, like with any big change in your life, it's mindset first, you got to change in your head. And so that's where it started. But then it was the next summer, when I had time off from work, and I could make health my top priority. That's where I really upped my game with working out, with eating healthy, not having any snacks. And I did all the things I'd been thinking about for the last six months. I, I um, applied it all at the same time, and then it came off pretty quick. So that's wow. where it started. Yeah. Okay. So, so from hearing you, so you're, you're going through this process. You, you, got, you hit some hiccups in the beginning um, where it's just like, why is this not working? Kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. why am I gaining weight? Exactly. You go, oh, that was New Year's. Okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that one. <laughs> but you continue <laughs> looking and analyzing what you're doing and seeing uh, patterns, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, this is what works. Let's put them all together and go go all in with that. Correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's not it's not hard to imagine that because with your audience, you know, people who are running a business, and you look at your success in business. For almost everyone, you, you came up with the idea for your business, you really hustle in the beginning, you try everything, and you fail a bunch of times. Lots of things go wrong. Well, the same thing happened with my weight. I failed a bunch of times, but as I was doing it, I didn't quit. I kept thinking, okay, well, what's the next thing I need to try? What's the next step, you know? And so just like starting a business, it was being intentional, being consistent, and moving forward. Excellent. Love that. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so I think this is applied to... Uh, Moving into this next question on what what did you learn from during this writing process? I and mean, then you've got several different books, so you can choose from any one. I think they probably mm -hmm. have a similar idea. But outside of trying to like, this is how you write a book, this is how you convey thoughts, but how, what did you learn in a writing process? Maybe about yourself, about spirituality, about your family or whatever. What did you learn from the, writing your book? Well, you know, for me, writing is really therapeutic. And I, I've kept a journal for a number of years. And I've blogged about different things. And I've tried different things uh, as a sports writer and as an academic writer. I've published dozens of journal articles and stuff like that. And the reason I write so much is because for me personally, it's a way to express what I can't say. Uh, um, a lot of times when I'm talking with someone like we are right now, 
I'll say things and then I'll think about it later. And I'll be like, oh, I wish I'd said that different. I wish I'd explained that better. And when you write, you get to fix all those things and you get to say it exactly the way you want to say it. And for me, that was so helpful, especially looking at my own life is thinking, oh, that's exactly not just how I want to say it, but that's exactly how it went down and understanding what happened in, in my life and writing through that process it helps me understand my own life better and what's working and what's not working. So I love that part of the writing process. In fact, that's why any time I write a book, the first draft, I write way, way too much stuff. I just write everything I can think of. And then the editing process, cutting it down and yeah, getting the gold nuggets. So, but yeah, that brain dump, that throwing up on the page, that's important for me. Excellent. And, and let, let's, let's dive into that just a little, a little more there. You know, as a teacher, you're going to be, I want, I want to hear this. I want to hear it as someone who's you who's already published several times in journals, um, which mm-hmm. means you definitely you have a word count. <laughs> typically, right. like, you need to fit it into this. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's gonna be some people here on here who speak better than they they write. They feel like that's their 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 more powerful communications through speaking, which is something that you're getting into. But you've already technically you've already been mm-hmm. doing it as a teacher. You're speaking almost every day. <laughs> so sure. You're presenting almost every day. However. You said you, you, you crafted your, your, your words better. Talk us to us the, to the family and tell us about how that, for that process kind of is for you or maybe something that would, that's helped you, has been critical for you understanding what needs to be cut, what needs to stay in so that you're crafting a better idea and conveying that message better. Sure. Well, so a really important thing as a writer, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is being able to tell a good story. Mm. And the best way to tell a good story is to tell the story and tell it over and over. You know, comedians do this. They have a bit and they go through it and they trim the part that doesn't work and they keep the good stuff. And sometimes you'll have that same bit for years and years and you just polish it up and polish it up. Well, I do the same thing with my writing. In fact, just this weekend, I was thinking about a story that I have about my son. And I was like, I really want to be able to share this story but I haven't ever told it to anyone. And so I pulled out my phone and I started, I just recorded it. As I was driving to the grocery store, I just told my story into the phone. And then I went grocery shopping. On my way home, I pulled out my phone and I told the same story again. Then when I got home, I started typing it up. And by talking through things and then by writing it out, I was able to get the best pieces. Now that's something that if I ever do tell that story, you know, the first time I tell it, it's still not going to be perfect. And I'm going to have to tell it over and over and over. But you can do that, you know, verbally by talking through it, but you can also do it by writing down. And for me, the benefit of writing it down is that's where you identify, oh, this is the best part of the story. And you can like bold that and make a header out of it or something like that and say, this is a new idea. And being able to write that out for me gives me the clarity so that when I tell the story next, I kind of have those bullet points in my mind. And whether I'm speaking on the stage or teaching, it's nice to have those bullet points ready to go. So if I get off tack, if I'm, my mind starts to wander or whatever, I can come back to the important points. Oh, man. That's a nice, see, see, there you go. And he's like, I'm just starting to really know public speaking is a thing. Bruh, you got it. You, you already have the, the strategies in mind. But look, y'all, take out the bars. We don't got dropped right here. We have some bars truly been dropped because... I heard so many different ways, and I heard from both perspectives. For those who write and want to be speak better, and I heard who's, who speak and they want to write better. You have from both angles. And I do a similar process, 
and that and it just depends on what I'm doing or how the thought comes to me. Um, I sometimes I write first and then I go to I may pace the house, you know, <laughs> saying it over and over and like oh that doesn't sound right. And then like all right, I leave this alone and come back to it. That's that space repetition is also key to that learning process and allowing your your subconscious to figure out some of the pieces or what you're missing right there. But um, I start off with the writing sometimes and I go to and I go to walking and it's only bullet points. Cause I don't want to mm-hmm. like refine my creative factions. You know, I don't want the faculties. I don't want to um, confine them to the, to a story I've written out. But then there's other times where I'm like speaking and I was like, that's a good story. And then I'm trying to write it down. And I was like, Oh, I forgot something. So I got to tell the story to myself again and try to remember what the point. I, I never even thought about using a recording. Like that's just simple. <laughs> I just yeah. trying to remember the story and, re- and say it again. But I love that going back and forth and the power of that storytelling. Mm. So with that, with that being said, with uh-huh. that being said, speaking of telling, I like stories are impactful. That's why I lo- allow um, a lot of space and room for my um, guests to tell their stories. What do you believe is important about the storytelling aspect? What do you think, because as I'm refining and getting this story down, um, whether speaking again or and writing, what do you think is important? Like one or two things that you think is like must haves in a story. What do, I, what do I need to convey? What do I need to do to write better stories? Well, so a story is either building tension or letting off tension, right? So you're building towards something or you give a nugget and then you're, you're coming down from that. But one of the things that I learned um, when I was going to graduate school, so my my degrees are in educational psychology. So I think about the way that our brains make connections with things. If we really want to learn, we need to make as many connections as possible. And the cool thing about stories is when you make, when you tell a story, people without even knowing it are making connections between what you're saying in your story and what's happening in their own lives, right? So if you tell a story about your childhood, they're gonna instinctively think about their childhood and what's similar, what's different. And because those connections are made, they're more likely to remember your story in the future as well as your message and what you're trying to teach in that story just because they've made those extra connections. So stories are so critical as a teacher because that's the best way to remember stuff. Excellent, 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 excellent. I love it. I love it. So it's not so if I'm able to tap into my own story, I'm I'm if I'm better able to tap into my own stories, then that's good enough um, or maybe important. Um, so uh, important for me to be able to do so that when I share it, the audience is going to not necessarily take away from uh, say I'm in your story, but by going into your story, they get into their own. So it's more. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. 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 Absolutely. Uh, um, get some things I'm trying to, I'm filtering and contacting like, I to <laughs> apart without going too far left on here. So, okay. Talk, okay. Well, as you, as you're, as you're talking about, cause there's things I want to touch, touch on here. You talk about writing website, web design. And I heard you say uh-huh. something about author, uh, excuse me, about uh, entertainers and then some of the athletes. And they're typically uh-huh. doing with foundations and stuff. Is that, is, that, is that what I was seeing? Like, there, there's something they're trying to share there. It's not about, hey, come watch my game. It's usually they're hiring you to do something different, correct? Right. So 
Oh, let me tell you a couple of my clients. So one is uh, I work with this basketball player, Kyle Collinsworth. Uh, he played for Toronto last year. This year he got uh, traded to the Jazz, and then he got cut right before the season. So he's on their G League team. But he's from Utah originally. That's how I connected with him. I, I'm here in southern Utah. And so he's a basketball player, and basketball players typically don't build their own like little brand unless they're major superstars and have shoe deals and stuff like that. But Kyle, his situation is a little different because when he was in college, he was he's the triple-double king. He, he broke all the records for triple-doubles in the NCAAs, had 12 in his career, six in one season, and was just really well-known for, for scoring these triple-doubles. But what most people didn't know about him was he came back from a really serious ACL injury. And his process rehabbing and coming back to be even better than before the injury – an important part of that process for him was visualization and, and being able to consistently work on his health. And so he's a man with a mission. He wants to share those ideas with other people. So he's written a bunch of eBooks. He has a website where he uh, gets in front of people and shares ideas about how to visualize and set goals and be healthy. And he gets on stages just like I do to share those ideas with, with other people. And so when I work with him on web design, part of that's actually just building the site, right? But the more important work that I do with him is I work with him on his brand. We talk, we, we had dinner a couple of weeks ago and we talked strategy moving forward on how can I get in front of a better audience? How can I share things with more impact and, and make a difference in people's lives? And that's why I love it. The web design for me, it's fun. It's something I learned how to do. But working with people to, to share a message, that's way cooler. And so I worked with him on that. Uh, and I've worked with actors in similar veins where they had side businesses. It wasn't just acting, not just come watch me in the show, but what are some other things that I care about? Like I worked with Sage Brocklebank who was on the show Psych and I, lo I love the show Psych. Yeah. But um, one, of the, one of the things he does on the side is he mentors young uh, artists, young actors, and he has a group that they get together over the summer and they pair up veteran actors with these new people in the industry and kind of walk him through the process. And that's his passion project, right? And so I helped him develop a site so he could promote that project and work on things. And he's actually, he has a real estate business that he does on the side. So it's his side stuff, not his acting, where I talk to him. And it's just, it's so fun to have these guys as friends and, and to work on things together. I've loved it. Excellent. I can definitely hear that. <laughs> I can definitely <laughs> hear that in your voice. So are, do you introduce them all to, to publishing? I know you said that um, Mr. Collinsworth has his, his email. Uh -huh. but do you introduce all of them to publishing since it's been instrumental for you? No, you know, because uh, publishing books is a new thing for me. Kyle actually was writing books even before we met. He had a few that he hadn't really put them out to the world, but I've helped him with uh, formatting and design. So I work with him a little bit on those book projects. And we actually are working on a book now for next year. Um, where we're working on it together, compiling all of his ebooks and making uh, a, his first paperback book. And so I've worked with him, but no, it wasn't my idea at all. And, and with my other clients, I haven't even brought up book publishing. So um, maybe down the road, that's something that I'll work with them on, but mm -hmm. I haven't done anything with that yet. Okay, excellent, excellent. So um, as you're moving forward, I know you haven't said you haven't, public, you haven't promoted as much, um, but what I would like to ask you, what would be your best promotion tip for your book promotion book tip? I know you've done something. It's been getting out there. The word's been getting out there. You've been getting on stage. There's something you're doing. 
Right. So um, you're right. I haven't really promoted my own books. Really right now I'm in the learn and grow phase where I'm figuring, figuring out this whole book publishing thing. And I've listened to enough people about book launches and stuff that I know the best practices. I just haven't necessarily done all those things. However, so my 10 year old daughter last year published her first book. And I wanted her to get her book out there. And so I did work on actually promoting that. And I did the low-hanging fruits, right? So using social media, talking to friends and family. I mean, that's the easiest thing to get your book out there. But after that, even doing things like podcast shows, guest blogging, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a good way to get your message out and and promote your book. But, you know, I found with, with my daughter, when hers came out, I really just wanted her to sell enough copies that she felt it was worthwhile, that people were getting her book and, and learning from it. And so it was just talking to as many people as I could. And I could have done a lot of cold outreach. I could have done Amazon ads or Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, the important thing was let's sell enough copies when it launches that you feel like it was successful. So you'll write the next book. And then you know, like a lot of fiction writers do, that first book in the series is so important because then when you have book two come out, you know, you can make that first book free and promote book two and then they'll get into your series. And that's what we're looking at with my daughter is let's get the first book done. So then when book two comes out, then we can really go into promotion mode. No, I, I love that. That And that is awesome because still that's still a promotion strategy. So I love you to say that because that's part of the reasons why I, I, I when I'm, Talking to people about this, um, they ask me, how, how do you write a book in four hours? Like, because that's the title of the book, how, you, how to write your first book in less than four mm-hmm. hours. And, and I'm letting them know, like, this isn't like the perfect, this isn't like a, you know, a New York Times best, this, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about mm-hmm. getting your first book done, right? Um, and if you want to craft it, we can get it, we can craft it to something even better or whatnot. But it's more about getting it done and then making it really good. You may not make a great book in four hours, but you create a good right. book in four hours. Um, however, once you've done that, I already know, as I say, as is, books are kind of like tattoos, like it's painful um, and it's permanent. But once you get it, you're like, I think I want another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, and that's the same thing. I, well, I love that you said that, because that's what's going to happen. You get it and you're like, ah, oh, I, I, I don't know if I want to do that again, but I got to. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and the cool thing with my daughter, she finished her first book. She did it. She wrote it over a summer. So she took a couple months, mm-hmm. but it's having that daily writing habit, you yeah. know, getting down and she had a word count she wanted to hit each day. And I told her, you know, let's not make it perfect this time. Let's get it finished. Let's get it done. And we can edit it and revise it and do other things later if we want to. Mm-hmm. But the important thing for you right now is let's just do it to, to see if you can do it. And she was determined. I mean, I'm so proud of her. How many 10-year-olds write a book, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but once she finished it, then her older brother's like, well, I want to write a book. And her younger brother's like, I want to write it. It's so cool to have a book, yes, right? And so yes. she has it and she can give it to her friends. And so she's excited to write her second book. Next year, 2020, all my kids are writing a book. They're all, all four of them are going to have their, their books done. So Love it. I love hearing that. I really love hearing that. The whole family is authors. <laughs> what about mama? She's got one too. Okay. <laughs> so she, okay. uh, yeah, no, she's so fun because she has started as I've done different businesses. She's kind of done her own little thing, but this last year she started a couple businesses of her own and started blogging. 
and we're just taking her best blog posts and compiling those and putting them together for a book. So she's already written a book. We have to just decide what do we want to keep and what do we want to cut out. But yeah, she's going to get published next year too. That's definitely another strategy right there. There's a little bard is dropped on all y'all who are out there uh, as, uh, as bloggers also. That's one of the ways to write a book in less than four hours. You've compiling content all together. You've already done the work. You just got to put it into an order, uh, put it in the chapters, and then maybe some editing, clean things up so the transitions are smooth. It's an easy way to get that first book done. I love that. I love it. Um, so you're talking about... You're talking about some recruiting. You're talking about uh, uh, being able to do the websites and so forth. Are you looking at doing something with the transformation after the transformation book? Are you looking to do some coaching, doing some consulting or anything on the back end of that? Or what's, the, what's, that, what's going on there? You know, not directly. Uh, that's an important part of my story now and how to make changes in your life. And, and, and I'd love to do some speaking, maybe some corporate speaking on how to set goals and accomplish your goals. And so my weight loss story is an important part of that. Um, but I'm really into this teaching world. I want teachers to be better at their craft. I want them to enjoy their work more and have more fun in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so I'm using this transformation book simply as one of my stories so that when I'm doing teacher professional development and working with teachers, that's just one of the stories that I can use. That's one of the, the things in my arsenal that I can use. But I have a lot of plans for future books that will be more directly relevant to my audience. This one, I honestly, I wrote this book for me. I wanted okay. to get my ideas out. I wanted to get my story out. And so it, the plan early on was, yeah, maybe for the rest of my life, I could be a motivational speaker and, and talk about health and weight loss. But the truth is, I'm not as passionate about that part of my life as I am about teaching. And so I want to pull that over into the teaching world. Excellent. So let's, let's talk about teaching for, for, for a moment here, for a spell here. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I literally just had this morning, my mother and I had this whole conversation, uh, had a conversation about teachers and getting paid and this and that and the other. And I'm like, doesn't, doesn't my auntie make six figures? She's working in a university. They're like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> it depends on what area of the country she's in. Like, you know, like exactly. that guaranteed. Um, and then she goes into talking about how, you know, she's from Mississippi and these teachers are making 20 some thousand dollars a year. And then you're expecting them to give this uh, how are you going to give expect them to work and teach really at a high level when they don't have enough to really be able to live themselves? Um, so I, I just I know that's that's kind of a side side without going into politics there too much. But what is some of the philosophies you're thinking about teaching as far as you're going into and helping these other teachers and so forth? Well, so you're right that for most teachers, especially K through twelve. You barely make enough money to get by. Most teachers are in dual income families, so their spouse is really bringing in the money, and then they teach as a passion project on the side, right? That's what most mm -hmm. teachers are doing in the elementary level, high school level, is mm -hmm. both, both people are working, and the teachers are doing it because they're passionate about it, but they don't make enough money to make a living, especially like for me with four kids. I can't raise my family just on my teaching alone. That's why I wake up at four o'clock every morning and I write books and I do other things because that's not enough money to raise my family at the lifestyle that I want. Mm -hmm. And so when I work with teachers, my mission with teachers is what can I do to help teachers so they don't have to work so hard? Um, so what resources can help teachers get the job done and make a bigger impact? So that frees up the time then because most teachers do have to have a side hustle. They have to be doing something on the side. And so 
that's really my mission is how do I help teachers enjoy their job more, not drop out of the teaching profession. It's one of the highest professions for dropout. The attrition rate for teachers is almost 50%. People who wow. go into teaching, almost 50% drop out. And it's because they're overworked and underpaid. So if I can help them with that overworked part and then give them something else with that extra time now to get paid more, then we're going to get better teachers into the industry, making more of an impact with our kids and so everybody wins. So that's my mission is to help teachers get there. Okay. And so are you, are you also helping them with, uh, with the, the side hustle as you're creating more and your wife is getting more into it? Um, are you trying to decide or looking at maybe in the future or something like that, maybe do start helping them create their own side hustles or something like that nature as they get more refined, yeah. and more disciplined, more productive with their work and more efficient? Mm -hmm. got this extra time. Let me show you how to use it. Yeah. So uh, I spent 10 years in the college classroom as a professor in educational psychology and educational technology. And part of the thing I did with my students in that capacity was I, I talked to them about this idea of, well, you've got summer free and everybody think, oh, teachers have it great because they get holidays off. They have the summers yeah. open and stuff. Yeah. The truth is, I, you know, I've been teaching for 20 years. My summers, I work 60 to 80 hours a week. And it's wow. because I have to so that during the school year, I only have to work 60 to 80 hours a week. Because if I didn't work full time during the summer, I'd be working 100, 120 hours a week during the wow. school year because there's so much to get done. Mm -hmm. So with my students, I would teach them, okay, well, what are some of the things that you can be doing on the side over the summer? What are those summer jobs you can do that will keep, you know, maybe give you some passive income during the rest of the year that will keep paying you um, and book writing is a great area for that and teachers are great experts and so writing books is a good place doing blogging is a great place but most most teachers have some passionate thing that they're really into whether it's photography or design or maybe summer classes and stuff like that so I do work with them and I have a number of my former students who still you know call me up and email me hey i'm starting a photography business can you help me launch my website and stuff like that mm. or i'm starting this new blog and can you get me going on it and so i do work with teachers in that capacity um and i plan on doing a lot more of that in the future so yeah right. i i want to work with teachers on how to make their jobs easier now but how do you use that summertime how do you use your weekends how do you use your you know your five to nine instead of your nine to five how do you use that extra time to get things up and going? So if you had something to, to share, I, I want to hear something about what you're, what you're sharing there with the, the teachers. It's just in like, if someone that's listening as a teacher, that's hearing this, that's, that's um, looking for that type of training that will help, how, is there a way for them to get a hold of you or some training or something like that that they would get, that they sure. get from you? How would that work? Yeah, so I want teachers to work smarter, not harder. And so I'm actually building a resource that I'll launch in 2020. It's called Elementary Teacher Tips. Okay. Uh, so just elementaryteachertips.com. And okay. it's a blog right now where we're just putting the best tips out there. What are the best things that will help you to have more fun, work less, but make a greater impact in your classroom? Now, the cool thing about this project is it's also pulling in what are the best teaching podcasts? What are the best teaching YouTube channels? What are the websites out there that have resources already built for you? So if you use those resources and implement it into your teaching, you're going to save time. You're going to save energy. But a popular resource right now for teachers is something called Teachers Pay Teachers, where you develop resources and then you sell it in this open marketplace. And teachers can make money that way. And it's a great thing to do. 
I'm trying to build something similar to that, but that's completely free. So especially for new teachers who are getting started, where are the resources that are ready for me to use right away, implement from day one that I don't have to pay for because teachers don't have the money to pay for extra things. You know, that's coming out of their own pockets. So that's what I'm going to try to build and, and, and do for 2020. Um, where it's in beta right now, just get the resource ready starting to outreach to teachers to have them make contributions for this uh, project. Um, but I'm really excited for that. That's going to be my world in 2020 is making this elementary teacher tips to help teachers moving forward. Okay, elementaryteachertips.com with the S, correct? Yep. yep. Definitely, definitely have that in the show notes there. And I, I definitely, I have heard of that uh, teachers pay teachers. Uh, I've been on, somehow I came across, it was on there was like, they're sharing all these different, this, this strat, if you're trying to, do this project or teach this. This is what I've used and people are buying that. And so I, I've seen that. Um, but I love yeah. that you're giving another way because there are plenty of teachers that are not going to be able to do that. They're like, I can't even afford to even like, you know, the, the, to, to pay for this. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. I love hearing that. And look forward to, to being able to see what comes out of that um, as we follow up here later on. So at this point, um, yeah. what a transition into some of the more fun stuff, just more personal stuff to, let, to end it off here. Um, first question is, uh, what do you do on your days off that most people don't know about? Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, we were actually talking about this a little bit before the show. I'm a musician. Um, and most people don't know that. Um, I play the piano. I play the guitar. I love to sing. I I actually lead the choir at my church. Uh, and so I'm pretty involved with music, but, um, People know me as a teacher and as a runner. I do a lot of running. And so that music part of my life, yeah, I, I don't really share that much. What is your favorite book? My favorite book? Oh, I can't. I, I'm one of those guys that reads a ton. You know, <laughs> know I'm that. reading two or three books a week. I, I can say uh, my favorite classic is The Scarlet Pimpernel. I love The Scarlet Pimpernel. And the first 50, 100 pages getting in, it's, it's hard because it's this old French writing and getting used to the language is difficult but once you get in it's really kind of a combination of like the born identity meets little women it's like this romance <laughs> spy book i love it that it's called the scarlet pimpernel okay i'm gonna have to check yeah where's my okay go ahead keep going keep going so that was number one so that that's my favorite classic um i i'm a christian so i read the scriptures i love reading the scriptures my favorite book that i've read uh recently Oh, gee. You know, I read, um, I love Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. I read that every few years. And I love uh, those kind of personal development type books, your rich dad, poor dad, those kinds of books. If I'm going to read a book just for fun, though, I still love John Grisham, his like, crime uh, novels. I, the, the Firm is probably my favorite. I love The Firm. Um, so those kinds of books. But mostly I read nonfiction. I, I like to read you know, things about what I'm learning about. I'm reading Primal Branding right now and um, Michael Port's uh, Book Yourself Solid. You know, so I, I'm reading stuff about pu- public speaking, YouTube, podcasting, those kinds of stuff. So most people don't get real excited about that kind of literature. Yeah, unless you're, you know, it's like me, nerds. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I, I love it. it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I have, okay, is this, so I, I found the Scarlet Pimpernel by um, Baroness Dorsey. Or, or, Orsky? Orsky? Dorsey. So it's uh, Baroness that wrote it, and it's yeah. her last name is 
D apostrophe O R C Y, I believe. Dorsey. Okay, gotcha. And is it she wrote a series also, or is this something different? Anyway, I found oh, it. Oh. <laughs> I found it. Is that that's really right there? Okay, that looks like it. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna check that out. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Great book. Love it. All right. So, uh, what is your favorite quote? Ooh, you know, my favorite quote, most people attribute it to Aristotle. It's the one that goes, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been attributed to a few different people. Usually it's Aristotle, but I I don't know exactly who wrote it. But I love that, that if we want to become great, we need to be consistent. We need to have good habits. Yes, absolutely. Definitely been key. I mean, you're talking about the running. You're talking about being a musician. Um, and then you're consistently talking about like, I gotta be able to get more work done, 60, 80 hour weeks, whatnot, trying to make sure, to, um, your lessons are done, your, your, your plans are, uh, your grades are completed. Like there's so much more into that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. I definitely yeah. That's key to you. Um, definitely have that in the show notes also. So as we, as before we get into this last section here, um, the last question here, excuse me. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you to, you know, worth what's coming up next for you. Definitely leave your links. Definitely the new, mm-hmm. your new book. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, it should be out. So how do we get a hold of it and get that? But before we get into those links and so forth, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity. The audience is yours. Camera is yours. The mic is yours um, to share your message. What is your message that you must share with the world? What is that message? Oh, that's a, a tricky question for me because – you know, the thing that's most important to people is probably relationships. Oh, here comes my daughter. She's going to attack. And so very appropriate that my kids are running down while I'm talking about this. If you want to have a happy life, you need to spend time with the people who matter most. And I, I tell this to my students as they leave my classroom every day. I say, you know, you need to work hard. You need to play hard. And you need to be nice to your mom. And, and I, you know, that's kind of a glib thing to be funny. But I really believe that at the end of the day, who are you spending your time with? Where, you know, are you associating with people who are making you better, who are getting the best out of you? And that's really what's most important. So my message is not really related to what I'm doing in my business or what I'm doing in my teaching. I'm saying if you want to be happy in life, make time for the people who matter most. Love it. Love it. No, I get it. I mean, mean, in a sense, you know, what you're talking about, that's what gives you opportunity to do those other things is because out of that happiness, sure. you're able to go do um, and share that your other things with the world. I love it. I love it. So as we're wrapping up here, Tyler, mm-hmm. first off, I thank you for coming on here. Thank you for sharing it. I'm going to let the kids have you back now. <laughs> they've been, they've been good for the last what, 55 minutes or so. So I appreciate them. Also, Salam, I said, thank you. Fortune says, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, uh, um, I thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing with us, and definitely for doing what you do. My pleasure. Just to make them, to help them make their life easier, and and hopefully start lowering that percentage of uh, that fifty percent, you know, uh, attrition rate. Start lowering some of that by giving them tools to be more efficient, effective at their job, but also be able to start their own businesses. But as we're wrapping up here, where how do I how does the audience get a hold of you, TFP family? How do they get a hold of you, um, or where you want to share any links or whatnot for as social media or websites? Yeah, you know, as we talked about in this uh, episode, I'm kind of all over the place. And so the best place for me is just to go to my main hub, which is tylerchristensen.com. Uh, and Christensen is spelled E-N-S-E-N uh, for Christensen. 
And, you know, from there, you can get a hold of me if you want to shoot me an email, you know, if you're working on different things or, or if you'd like to talk about the weight loss or teaching or whatever. I love people reaching out to me. Um, but go to that tylerchristensen.com and that will get you to my social media accounts and stuff like that. So that's just the easiest thing. Um, yeah, I'd love to, to talk to anybody about any of the things that we've discussed today. Um, you know, I'm pretty passionate about all these things. So Love it, love it, love it. Love it. Appreciate you for coming on here. Have a, uh, have a great week. Be blessed. Yeah. And uh, I'll talk to you next time, family, with another author. <laughs> you just listened to episode number 23 of the Thought Fortune podcast with your host, D. Orlando Fortune. I want to give thanks to our sound and audio guy, Kyle Binge, and of course, to our creator, do you have questions or comments? I want you to email them to fortune at thoughtfortunepress.com. And if you want to turn your ideas into a branded book that books more speaking engagements, generates more leads, and have a signature suite of products that generates more streams of income, go to thoughtfortunepress.com and click on the Start Here button. That's thoughtfortunepress.com. And if you like this show, do us a favor. Share, like, and join. Take a screenshot and share the episode with the hashtag Thought, Fortune, Thought Fortunes Podcast. You can go ahead and share that on social media, on your Facebook, your Instagram. Email it out, text it out, just get this word out. Help us get this message out to more people. Show us how much you like us by giving us five stars and a review on iTunes. We definitely love those reviews, and each one of those reviews helps for for our book or this podcast to be found by more people than who those who are just being shared to by you, right? And get into the conversation in the Facebook group. Write your first book. Now, that's the end of today's episode. I thank you. We definitely want to pay attention to next week's episode um, as we talk, speak with another author about how to grow your business using a book. And always remember, y'all, you're only one book away. God bless. Until next time.